into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career. All right. Good morning, folks. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Welcome to episode 499, the dry run for episode 500 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, repping the fresh Black Hills Information Security Red Team jersey. Shout out. What's up? We got a great show for you today. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Frank Andriuli, Cafe Pythagus driving in the car, Marcus Kyler with the Jerry and the Yeet, Sage Knows IT, Divine Dream Divine getting here early, and Chris Young high-fiving her, Gary Sergiotis repping in the room, Alfredo Hinozos knows what's up, and so does Carol. Carol, hey, Omatola, we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you specifically as a practitioner on how you can operationalize this information to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders, either tactically. So like this week, <laughs> guys, threat actors, they love themselves some long weekends, some holiday weekends. We're, we're about to walk into one. So hopefully you got your tabletop exercises executed already. Or uh, strategically, so Q1, Q2, looking at the strategic macro view picture of where you're taking your cyber program. And don't sweat it. If you are looking to break into the industry, like I know some of you are, believe me, this podcast is going to have massive value for you because you're going to be asked any, any single cybersecurity job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? By the way, when you get that question in the interview, you're going to like smile on the inside and be like, you know what? Jerry was right. He nailed it. So you're going to be able to answer that question with this podcast on top of it. And more importantly, what we cover in the podcast day in and day out is the information you need to be able to differentiate yourself as a candidate who is immersed in the industry and understands current things. We talked about Citrix Bleed yesterday. You're not getting Citrix Bleed out of a textbook, brah. You're not getting Citrix Bleed, but you know who knows about Citrix Bleed? InfoSec managers looking to hire people to help them deal with Citrix Bleed. Come at me now. Now, before we dig into the show, I do want to take a hot minute and remind everybody, tomorrow's episode 500, we got 40-plus giveaways. The giveaway train, it's like a dump truck keeps backing up and dumping more things. We hit a tipping point, people. Folks found out we were doing giveaways tomorrow, and they started throwing prizes at us. So show up tomorrow, episode 500. Bring a friend. Believe me, you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be absolutely lit. Before we get into the show, though, I do want to say shout-out and thanks to the stream sponsors, 
starting with my good friend Eric Taylor and his crew over at Barricade Cyber. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recovering from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into absolute turmoil. I'm talking irritable bowel syndrome. Bring the pink stuff, people. Break glass in case of emergency. Wear your brown pants. Whatever you want to call it, believe me, if you're getting ramrodded by a threat actor, you're not having a good day. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. What's up, Gabe Lister and Jeff Watala? Hey, Jana. Hey, uh, Centralist. Good to see you, Q-Dip and Justin Rohr. Guys, also want to say shout out and love to my man, Brandon Poole and the whole team over at Panopsi Security. Get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Panopsi Security can come in and be that partner to help take a fresh look at your organization's information security posture. Identify those quick wins, meaning low cost, low resources, but high risk reduction. Implement those. And Eric Taylor dropping a 50 spot on the squad memberships. Woo! We just become best friends. Yep. All right. The squads are raining already this morning. So if it's you who's one of the lucky recipients, get on it. Um, if you are on YouTube, well, first of all, you have to be on YouTube. I would strongly encourage anyone on LinkedIn to come over to YouTube. Simply Cyber at YouTube. Now, if you want to get one of these um, squad memberships, click on the little dollar symbol. It looks like a dollar bill under the chat window. And you have to like opt into receiving gifts. You can't just... Like Eric Taylor could be like a guy in a van handing out candy. So you get to opt in whether or not you you take the candy. But believe me, squad memberships are not candy from weirdos in vans. They are generous gifts from a wonderful security practitioner. Thank you so much, Eric Taylor. Getting back to Panopsi, guys. If you're looking to uh, you know, invest wisely with what budget you have to bring cyber risk reduction to your organization, you want a second opinion or fresh perspective, contact panopsi.com ask for brandon tell him jerry sent you i'm on the board over there so i'll probably be the guy who answers the phone frankly either way it's all about good times also anti-siphon training but more about them at the mid-roll dude i love it i love it i love it thank you so much eric taylor for another 50 spot holy jesus we just become best friends yep this is it's raining it is raining up in here love it love it love it okay guys so check it out. I want to remind you, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. Be sure to say what's up in chat and document that you were here. Say what's up. Grab a screen cap. I know it's the, the chat is streaming like a raging toward flood right now. But say what's up. Grab a screen cap. Um, if you're not sure what to say, hashtag team live in chat. Hashtag team replay in the comments. Comments count too. And if you can, if this is your first episode, man, you picked a, a, a banger of one. Hashtag first timer in chat. I go back and watch the um I go back and watch the um the, the stream sometimes for QAQC purposes. And I do notice that I missed some first timers. So I want you to know if you're a first timer and you came back and I did not say what's up on your first time, I'm sorry and I, I just missed it. Martin Clark, first timer. Hashtag first timer if it's your first time. We've got emotes and sound effects for you first timers. Love it, love it, love it. Come on over. By the way, if you want to be a winner uh, on tomorrow's giveaways, you have to be on YouTube to uh, enter the contest, okay? So giddy up on that. 
All right, guys. I am so excited for what we've got going on today. First two months on LinkedIn, enjoying it so far. Love it. Thank you so much. Woo! All right, let's get your coffee. Get what you want. We got a great show for you. That paralegal chick, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Yes, welcome, welcome. Let's get that uh, paralegal chick some emotes, people. There we go. All right, hey, uh, Citadel is on break right now, so we got jaw jacking today, too. Do me a favor. Grab, oh, we got a super chat. Coming in off the top rope, James McQuiggan. Way to go, Eric Taylor. It's going to be crazy 25 hours with Jerry. Welcome, first-timers. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you for the super chat. Hey, really quickly, I want to say what's up to Margaret Walker, Dobis, Eric Reem, and Kalichi Osugagwu. Eric Reem is a squad member for at least over a month or two and a first-timer, Eric. All right. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. Oh, my God. Look at all you first-timers. Let's get the emotes are going to break so many of them. Check it out. What do we got here? I see that paralegal chick. We we got her already. Adam Birnbaum, Scott Vollmer. What's up, Mitchell Manning? Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party, pal. Well, all you first-timers, do me a favor. Let me introduce you to the uh, format here. Get your favorite drink. For me, it's a tall cup of Starbucks French roast. It is Tuesday, which means we're going to have a special. Every single day has a special segment. Today is Tidbits Tuesday, so we'll do that at the mid-roll as well. Get your favorite drink, settle in, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us all in an awesome wave. I will see you guys at the mid-roll. Welcome, Gnarly. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. I'm Rich Straffolino. Healthcare platform impacted by MoveIt. The list of victims from the MoveIt breach keeps growing. This time, it's the Virgin Pulse-owned healthcare platform WellTalk disclosed a data leak to Maine's Attorney General. This impacted over 1.6 million individuals leaking names, dates of birth, health information, social security numbers, and Medicaid IDs. An initial investigation by the company found no signs of compromise, but a secondary investigation launched in August found the leaked data. WellTalk published its breach notification on its website, but it didn't have it indexed for search engines. All right. Um, all right. So check it out. Here's the deal with this one. couple things. Um, so I worked in healthcare. Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot to tell everybody, especially you first timers, I don't prep or research any of these stories. I literally don't know what's going to come up. So you're getting <laughs> you're getting me riding low on the hip on a train bound for glory. All right, so check it out. Uh, I worked in healthcare for a number of years, so I'm familiar with this. Uh, this company, WellTalk, I don't know who they are, but they're a healthcare platform, whatever. It doesn't matter. They work in healthcare. They were impacted by the Move It breach. If you don't know what the Move It vulnerability was that led to the breach, just Google the word move it. Uh, where's the wording? Google this word right here, move it and clop ransomware, and you'll get all the information you need. Now, move it was in, uh, they were using move it. They got impacted. Um, now, sensitive data was accessed, you know, whatever. I mean, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, that kind of sensitive data is typically used to feed into social engineering campaigns. Um, you can get Medicare, Medi Medicare, Medicaid fraud, um, you know, insurance fraud. And, you know, maybe people, people in textbooks will say the use case of getting like pharmaceuticals, like opioids and stuff kind of, 
uh, fraudulently. I, I haven't personally seen that too much. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It's usually much more it's much more straight cash, homie, uh, fraud when it comes to this type of information. Now, the one thing that I do want to say, and I always like to grab a nugget from these stories and provide context for you guys. Yes, this sucks. Um, if you were one of the 1.6 million people, obviously, it's tough. I will tell you that realistically, um, WellTalk, a patient engagement company, they're probably uh, a business-to-business company, right? So Medicare providers hire WellTalk in order to um, survey their patients and get feedback and process improvement and crap like that. So if you think about it, WellTalk's cut, and I'm assuming this, right? WellTalk's customer base are healthcare businesses, not the patients whose data was compromised. So if you get an email or a letter from WellTalk saying, hey, we take security and privacy seriously, your data was involved in a data breach, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, who the hell is, sorry, Kennedy, who the heck is WellTalk? I guess I won't use them anymore. But guess what? You're not a customer of WellTalk. Waccamaw Dermatology. Charleston, you know, um, gastrointranologist, right? Like whatever, like those small healthcare providers, you know, whatever, um, Bell Hall Dentistry, like whatever, they're the ones who are the business customers of WellTalk. And guess what? I'm sorry, but unless there's like a revolution uh, of of customers at the dentist office saying, this is BS. If you don't quit WellTalk, we're going to stop coming here, which there won't be. This is a speed bump. This is not impacting anyone's business. Now, having said that, it's not good. But what is the motivation for WellTalk to do anything right now? I will say this. In the United States, when you have a patient medical record breach of 500 records or more, according to HIPAA, you have to disclose it publicly to Health and Human Services. And then the Office of Civil Rights uh, posts your business on um, wall of shame. It's called the breach portal, but everybody colloquially refers to it as the um, wall of shame. And this is it right here. I'll drop a link in chat, right? This used to mean something. It's still here, right? It's still here. And at some point it's literally going to say, you see these numbers right here, infected individuals at this poor bastard CKF addiction treatment center, 501. Ooh, that stinks like right over the threshold, a lot of 501s here. So maybe that's like, uh, they don't know how many records, but they know it was more than 500. Um, anyways, the point is at some point, there's going to be a 1.6 million item here. And don't think it doesn't happen. Look at PostMeds, 2,360,000 records. So that's going to be here. This wall of shame used to mean something. Now it really, it, it doesn't really, um, but it is what it is. Finally, the thing I'll say is uh, a little bit of trickiness here. Hey, Adam Birnbaum, you know what? We're going to give you a what's up. Welcome to the party, pal. First time on YouTube. Okay, so check it out. Hey, let me tell you this. I want to give a little hat tip. This is is, uh, kind of prickish, but I'm going to give him a hat tip. So when you are breached publicly, you have to disclose it to HHS OCR, as I just said. But you are required by law to make a public announcement in the community that you've had a breach. Now, normally you can disclose it on your website or in a newspaper, like a local paper. I find it funny that WellTalk, 
the idea is that you know uh, people in your consumer base understand it. Well, talk did it on their website, but they included a no index code, essentially like uh, in robots text kinda, to ignore the web page. So literally, they complied with the law, but then they made it so search engines couldn't find it. You know damn well. All right, sorry Kennedy, but this one you know requires damn well. You know damn well somebody in the business was like, we have to put it on a website, and and like the CIO is like, can we make it? Like, so people can't find it. Can we put it in a hidden web page? And they're like, that's probably not a good idea, but we can make it so search engines don't find it. And then, um, and then like, uh, hold on. And then they're like, hold on. Yes. That's what they were like. They're like, hold on. We can make it so it doesn't, uh, index. Make it so. Yes, do it. So you know dang well that's what happened, dude. This no one makes the website unindexable and not searchable by a search engine by accident. That's not the default in the world of SEO and tech everything. Come on, bro. Like, uh, like, <laughs> nice, nice effort, pal. Red actors find a use for trigonometry. See, your high school math teacher told you. Security researchers at Outpost 24 reported that the Luma information-stealing malware uses trigonometry to measure mouse movements to determine if it's running on a real machine or a sandbox as part of a suite of improvements to avoid detection. Luma looks for a calculated vector angle of less than 45 degrees as a marker of human activity. The malware as a service also added a cryptor to further protect its executable from leaking to non-paying customers. All right. Hey, first of all, C Rain's first time uh, live. We're, we're being incredibly liberal with the uh, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I don't know about you guys, but like when I read this uh, story title, I started to get a slight front of forehead headache. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, trigonometry. Okay. So check it out. The story here, the story here. If you don't know it, um, threat actors that write malware, okay? So there's different kinds of malware, right? There's like there's like garden variety malware, then there's more sophisticated malware, and you know, there's there's capabilities like key logging and hiding and C2 infrastructure and all this other crap, you know, persistence, lateral movement, whatever. Now, what you may not know is a lot of uh more sophisticated malware actually um knows that it's going to be analyzed by people like me and Anusha and Christopher Young and Angular, right? They they know it's going to be analyzed by this. So they make anti-analysis capabilities to the software. And that that's like, um, uh, for, for a simple example, many security researchers, right? They will be running Ida Pro or Ghidra, right? Which is a disassembler. It's a very popular tool. They'll be running a Pate DNS. They'll be running VMware. They'll be running um, like, what's another good, like, like I don't know, um, PE or like Cuckoo Sandbox or, or Joe Sandbox or something. Anyways, there's like known softwares that only security researchers use, right? Like Carl. Carl's not running a sandbox environment on his desktop. And if he is, what the hell? What? Sorry. I am loose today. I dropped an A-bomb on stream yesterday. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm in port for two days only. Sailor Jerry up in here. Um, so 
Carl's not running uh, analysis tools, so threat actors know this. So, but you can't run software on a Windows machine without running processes, right? It's basic, it's basic computer science, right? Like you need access to memory. You need to be able to load things into uh, memory and get it on the processor for instruction execution. So you can't hide that you're running a sandbox. And threat actors, their malware, one of the first things they're going to do is launch and then look at running processes and evaluate if these softwares are running in the um, in the on the computer. Now, obviously, there's anti-anti-analysis techniques, right? So we make the softwares that we use for analysis look different so threat actors can't see it, whatever, whatever, whatever. So here is a new advancement, um, and I, I like it, okay? But here's the deal. They are using trigonometry to basically look at the mouse movements to see if it's genuine or if it's, you know, fabricated. And I'm assuming that the mouse movements have some type of like repeat repeatability or some type of like non-human looking uh, vibes. If you look, here's the deal. If you look at behaviors of a computer and behaviors of a human, the human looks like a squiggly, hot mess line. Like humans are very unpredictable. They're erratic, whatever. If you look at a computer, it's like boop, 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 boop. It's like very predictable, very measured, very computer-like, right? And that's what Luma Steeler is doing. So, I mean, not that I like threat actors, okay? Not that I like my threat actors. Amy Devine aced her last final. Yeah, Amy. Nice. Anyways, um, I don't like threat actors, but I am going to say anytime I see some some of them do something really cool, I do do a hat tip. You guys know that I do a hat tip. This one, clever, little bit of a clever, um, clever bit of uh, malware anti-analysis evasion. Okay, way to go, uh, threat actors. But guess what? We're on to you, boo. We know about your trigonometry tricks. We got you. This is easy to circumvent. You just introduce like even more randomness into the mouse movements and boom. What's happening with OpenAI? A lot has happened with OpenAI, especially over this past weekend, given the company's close relationship with Microsoft and plans to integrate OpenAI tech into products like Security Copilot, it's worth understanding. On Friday, OpenAI's board announced that it fired CEO Sam Altman, saying a lack of candid communications led to the board losing confidence in him. OpenAI co-founder Greg Brockman left as a result. The company named CTO Mira Mirati as an interim CEO, and then later named former Twitch CEO Emmett Shear into the role. Over the weekend, numerous OpenAI employees either announced leaving the company or showed support for Altman on social media. Altman revisited OpenAI over the weekend with The Verge and others reporting the board sought to bring him back as CEO. However, late Sunday, Microsoft announced it hired Altman and Brockman to lead a new AI research team. OpenAI staffers sent a letter to the board saying that Microsoft offered them positions in this new division and promoting for the return of Altman. Microsoft says it plans to keep partnering with OpenAI. Yeah, it's a lot. I didn't even get all that. My head hurts based on that. So I haven't been following this. I, I, I've been following this at a, at a distance, okay? And this really isn't a cybersecurity story, but like, dude, AI and especially open AI and chat GPT sucks all the oxygen out of the room anytime there's a conversation. So we have to talk about it. Sam Altman, here's all I know. Sam Altman was the CEO of OpenAI. 
the board, I don't know if I had to guess, had financial greed or focus and they basically fired him. And 95, I heard 95% of employees at OpenAI threatened to quit unless they brought him back. Now we'll see, we'll see where your money is or your money or your mouth because um, Microsoft hired him uh, to lead an AI group. So he's not coming back. So if 95% of you said you'd quit, he's not coming back. Now, maybe it was a, um, you know, a f like, a, what do they call it? Like some type of gesture offering him a job, knowing that he wouldn't take it because he'd already accepted the job from Microsoft in order to save the 95% of staff from quitting. But dude, like, come on, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're literally printing money over there uh, open AI and whoever's on the board, I would love to hear what their explanations were for, uh, well, hold on. Shall we play a game? Microsoft invested like 49 billion with a B dollars into open AI. Microsoft, as far as I know, owns half of open AI. So Microsoft hiring Altman to take over the, and lead their AI group makes sense because guess what? Like Altman almost by def like kind of like moving shells around like a shell game. Sam Altman's definitely involved in open AI still now under this new role. He might even be, um, he might even be executing some type of leadership and strategic um, advisor to open AI without having to answer to the board. So he might have the best of both worlds. He might, <laughs> he might have, um, you know, all the power without any of the BS of uh, having to deal with board. Uh, I just want to mow money, mow money, mow money, mow. Great cash, homie. Love it. If you guys, hey, if you don't have gray in your hair and you don't know what in living color is, uh, allow me to introduce you to like uh, cutting edge comedy back in the day. Cutting edge comedy back in the day. All right, let's keep going. Uh, if you have any comments on open AI and Sam Altman, uh, please drop them in chat or let's do it at jawjacking this. Admittedly, this is a topic that I'm not super well researched in because honestly, I spend 98% of my time focused on cybersecurity. While this is interesting, uh, I only give 2% of my time and thought to anything other than cybersecurity, professionally speaking. Uh, obviously, I, I spend a lot of time with my family, but uh, anyway, so I'm open to any any thoughts on this. By the way, fun fact, J-Lo was a fly girl. CISA launches infrastructure pilot. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency announced a new pilot program for organizations in sectors seeing a high volume of cyber attacks, specifically healthcare, water, and K-12 education. This will see CISA acting as a managed service provider, offering cutting-edge cybersecurity shared services. The first phase will enroll 100 organizations. CISO will stress test these systems to see if these entities can operate at scale. CISO will also host information sessions and roundtable discussions regionally to help spread awareness of the need for this initiative. Oh my God. All right. So we're at 827. For those who are first timers, um, I, I love hitting 830. I love hitting the bottom of the hour right as we go into the mid roll. It, 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 I don't know how to explain it, but it just like hits so well for me, just like a great cup of coffee. And I think we're going to do it today. All right. So check it out. CISA. Um, yes. Look at the Jen Easterly's flow in. Hey, Jen. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm a huge fan of Jen Easterly. Okay. She's the director at CISA. 
CISA is launching a pilot program. They're going to uh, enroll 100 companies into this cutting edge service. Cutting edge is subjective and so markety that it's annoying, but whatever. Uh, cutting edge service for critical infrastructure. Now, a couple things here. One, they said they're helping the most targeted agencies or, or organizations within critical infrastructure. First of all, I, I guess manufacturing isn't technically critical infrastructure, but manufacturing is the one that get hits the most. Okay. Now, second thing, and this this is my hot take. Uh, let's let's splice in some tinfoil hats for Jerry. There we go. Me and Jen. Uh, so check it out. Here's the interesting thing. They're going to focus on healthcare, water, and K through 12. So if you work in water, I'm looking at you, Justin Gold. You may want to giddy up on this if you can. Get get a help. Guys, CISA is offering basically free information security services, possibly training, possibly uh, leading into tabletop exercises, whatever, um, to help you deal with the impact of ransomware. Now, here is the TLDR. They say healthcare, water, and K through 12. Here's what I want to tell you. K through 12 and water, fine. They said they're going to stress test it first. That's the first thing that's going to happen. K through 12 and water, fine. You know what? Leadership's going to be a little grumpy. K through 12, it's like basically BSEC and Joel Belton doing IT over there. It's like two people at any K through 12 place. Like they're they're, they're, they'll welcome the help, right? They're basically, you know, um, the dog sitting um, in the chair saying, this is fine. That's what K through 12 is. Water, okay. That's, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna like that too. Here's the problem, okay? Here's where I predict. Healthcare, guys, if you've ever worked in healthcare for a minute, the clinical facing staff, the clinical care people, they're dealing with patient safety. They're dealing with real, real like critical things. If you're going to stress test a healthcare organization by basically overwhelming them, and I get it. The argument is a threat actor is going to ransomware us. They're not going to give a damn whether or not someone's on the operating table. They're not going to care if there's a Da Vinci doing surgery on you with a, um, a physician in Germany operating the panel as they're getting cut into in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But if you can control it and you're going to say we're going to stress test it, you're going to get so much pushback from the clinical side, from the chief medical officer, from the chief executive officer, from all the people who are not in IT or InfoSec, unless you have the strongest, and I mean like political capital wise, the strongest CISO and CIO who are basically locked arm in arm and say like, we're going this way. This is not going to work. You're going to stress test the healthcare org and you're immediately going to um, lose. You're going to like, if you push it over, if you knock it over and there's any impact to patient safety, it's going to be a nightmare PR story. There's going to be lawsuits and you're going to lose it. Like it's a complete erosion of information security's uh, goodwill towards servicing the healthcare business. Okay. That's my hot take on this one. Again, for better or worse, I get it. This weekend, long weekend, threat actors are going to threat act all up in healthcare. And when you deal with that, it's going to suck. But if you voluntarily do it and announce it's going to happen, people are going to have tummy troubles about it. And if anything negative comes of it as a consequence, other than like, oh, we, we weren't prepared or, oh, it took forever, whatever. 
if you knock something over, it, it, it's really going to be a, a crap show. All right. It's 832. I went over. God. And now a word from our sponsor, Egress. People are the biggest risk to your organization's security, and they are most vulnerable when using email. Egress is the only cloud email security platform to use an adaptive security architecture to automate threat detection and response for advanced phishing attacks and outbound data breaches, tailoring the experience for each user based on the real-time risk score. Visit Egress to learn more about Egress's intelligent cloud email security suite and start detecting email threats your existing solution is missing today. Oh my God, what are we doing here? All right, guys. Hey, check it out. Um, two things. Um, if you're a newcomer, I got a lot going on. We're doing this. All right, guys, I hope you're getting value from the show, episode 499. If you are getting value, holla, holla, holla. Why do we never really hear about these threat actors getting caught and taken down? I don't hear much at all. Zach Choate, it happens, buddy. Uh, catch me at jawjacking. Catch me outside, how about that? Zach Choate, catch me at jawjacking. We'll talk about some examples, okay? All right, guys, hey, if you're getting value from the stream, hit the like button. It goes a long way for helping other people find the stream, okay? Hit the like button. It helps other people find the stream. We're at 390. DM a friend and ask him to jump in over here. Let's get this baby over 400 this morning. Guys, um, let me say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors again. Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, Anti-Siphon Training led by um, John Strand and the team over at Black Hills. We do have a John Strand emote. You 100 new squad members. That's what John Strand is. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional training industry by providing cutting-edge education to everyone regardless of financial position. You see all these Black Friday prices? You know what you're not going to beat on Black Friday? Zero dollars for these courses. Zero dollars. And it's not a Black Friday deal. It's an everyday deal. Go to the link in the description below. Go to the Anti-Siphon Training. Go to the training, pay what you can training link. I know it's a couple extra steps, but guess what? It's costing you $0, so taking an extra step, that's fine, right? Pay what you can, and then look at the calendar of upcoming activities. And I would like to call your attention to January 29th, where a four-day course led by John Strand, and if you don't know who John Strand is, he is a legend in our industry, both from a practitioner perspective, but also as an inspirational leader and um, driving a new philosophy of anti-toxicity and support and inclusion. If you like what we're doing at Simply Cyber, you're going to love John Strand. He's giving this four-day seminar on active defense and cyber deception. And then the following week, there's no holding this guy back. He's doing a four-day seminar on security operations center, center core skills. So get up. Get on it and rock on. All right. Anti-siphon training. Love it. Love it. Love it. Guys, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Every single day, we ask somebody to carry the baton and that person goes on LinkedIn and posts their story. Listen to me. For the 396 of you, soon to be 400 if you guys tell a friend, if you go, if you listen to me really quickly, if you want to build a professional network, which is valuable and have a LinkedIn feed, which is useful, then listen up. Go on LinkedIn and search for this hashtag, step one. Step two, the people who are posting with this hashtag, 
click on their post, like Kathy Chambers yesterday. She's got the baton. Go find Kathy Chambers. It should pop right up. Connect with Kathy. Connect with the people commenting on Kathy, including me. I posted on Kathy's post. Then comment yourself. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to connect. You're going to make meaningful connections with like the 20 people right there. Then everybody that comes after you is going to connect with you because you're in the comments. And it's going to passively grow your network. If you spend five minutes a day for two weeks, I promise you, your LinkedIn network will explode and it will be like-minded, supportive, cybersecurity professionals posting good content. It's an absolute hack and it's an absolute massive value for five minutes a day. So if you want that, jump on board and giddy up. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. We're going to, oh, 413. Wow, nailed it. All right, guys. Uh, Kathy Chambers will be joining us later on in the show. So we'll get her to tag somebody later. Guys, Tidbits Tuesday, every single day of the week, I share a personal story with you. Or every single Tuesday, I share something special or personal or whatever, just to see if we resonate. Last week, it was it was how much I really, really like um, assigned seating in movie theaters. How when I grew up, it was basically uh, Mad Max and Thunderdome. Uh, you'd have to get to the movie theater early, fight people. It, dude, forget about going to get your popcorn refilled. Um, it was just absolute chaos. And I love assigned seating. I wanted to share a quick story with you um, for this Tidbits Tuesday. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Growing up, my dad was a Marine, a U.S. Marine Corps Marine, okay? He always kept an axe handle, an axe, so like, you know, like an axe, but he kept a hickory axe handle in his truck, in his pickup truck, always in the back seat. And I remember when I was like seven or eight years old, by the way, this is the 80s, so no judgment, okay? This is like no seatbelts, people smoking in cars with the windows up, back seat of the station wagon facing backwards, Okay, so like it's the 80s. There was some weird stuff going on, okay? Anyways, I remember asking my dad, dad, why do you carry this axe handle all the time? It's like, if I get in the back seat, like it's in the way, I got to move it. And he said, Jerry, I want to tell you, if you ever get stopped, like it's not really a weapon because you're it's an axe handle. You're replacing uh, your axe handle. So like, it'll never be an issue why you have a weapon in your car. And I'm like, a weapon, dad, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, check it out. And I'll never, he goes, you'll never like, he goes, check it out. So he takes the ax handle and he goes, if you ever find yourself in a situation, okay. He's like, you can take the ax handle or whatever weapon you can get. And he's like, if you just lightly tap someone on the shin, it hurts a lot, Jerry. It hurt. And if you hit him really hard, it really hurts. But all you got to do is just tap him. And I said, dad, what do you mean? I don't think so. And he said, Jerry, I swear to God, we were in my front yard by the big oak tree. He said, Jerry, you will never, ever forget this moment. And he took the ax handle and he hit me in the shin. <laughs> okay, not really hard. Just tapped me. Just tapped me on the shin. And I fell over moaning. I'm like, oh, dad. And he said, he said, and I just tapped you. You see what I mean? He goes, I'm telling you, You'll never forget it. If you ever get in a, in a pinch or you're ever surrounded by big people or whatever, he said, go for the shin, son, and you can use an ax handle. And I swear to God, I'll never forget that. Like he was so right. He said, you'll never forget it. And when I say he tapped me, I mean like, like, I mean, you can't even hear it. Like just, oh, dad, like rolling around in the front yard. Oh man, the 80s, the 80s were something. Okay, let's go. 
I don't know if anyone else taught uh, dads taught them lessons, but there you go. Uh, pocket sand, Eric Ream, exactly. Litter drifter worm wanders outside of Ukraine. This worm shows links to the Russian affiliated threat group Gamaradin. It spreads over USB drives, downloading a configuration file from a C2 server on new machines. Litter Drifter initially appeared focused on Ukrainian targets. However, researchers at Checkpoint report that the worm has found its way onto machines in the US, Chile, Germany, Hong Kong, Poland, and Vietnam. While the researchers note Litter Drifter appears relatively unsophisticated as far as malware goes, its infrastructure remains remarkably flexible, with rapidly changing IP addresses to evade blocks. All right. Uh, so Tom Bishop asked if I drive around with one. I had one for a while, but I'm not going to take an axe handle and hit someone. <laughs> I'd rather just, you know, peel out or use some wrestling moves on them that I learned. If I if I if I had an axe handle, someone would just take it away from me and beat me with it. <laughs> so I don't want to I don't want to enable um, the attacker. Okay, so check it out. Russia's litter drifter USB worm spreads like uh, out of Ukraine. So a couple things here uh, to to take away one. Um, USB malware is a real thing. Hey, Kraken vet. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All right, so check it out. Um, if you want, um, well, two things. One, USB malware is a real thing, right? So you put malware on a USB drive, like a little thumb drive, right? If I had one readily available, I'd show it to you, but you all know what a thumb drive looks like. Here's my Kingston thumb drive. Whoosh! Malware. Then you throw it in the parking lot. Right, or you mail it to somebody, or you give it away at your booth at a at a conference. And when someone plugs it in, it infects the machine. Think of a rubber ducky, all right? You write nudes on it, you write, you know, payroll, you write promotions, you write um Bitcoin wallet, whatever. You you write on it and people plug it in. Okay. Once it launches, if auto run is running on the uh, computer, it, it it spreads. Okay. Now this is a worm. Okay, to use a key term, worms spread on their own. That's what they're they're like worming across. So they spread on their own. Look up the Morris worm if you want the OG worm from Robert Morris back in 1988, Cornell University. Brought the internet down. Way to go. Way to go, Robert Morris, bringing the internet down. So here is the problem. A worm... Once you launch it, it's in the wild, right? You don't know what's going to happen with this thing. And you can put controls in place to kind of control its spread, but you can't factor everything. And humans are fallible and humans don't consider all the fringe use cases. And this little litter drifter is now spreading beyond Ukraine. Russia wrote it. Russia's in a land war or whatever, um, or Russia's in a war with Ukraine, right? Obviously, everybody knows that. But it's spreading now to U.S. and other country. I just want to point out, I don't know what this uh, particular malware does. Obviously, in 2023, we're a lot smarter. We can have IOCs uh, looking for this. Uh, we can kind of protect from it and uh, see where it goes. Stuxnet, S-T-U-X-N-E-T, Stuxnet, um, was a malware USB worm. Uh, very, very, I mean, I don't know if it was a worm, but it was USB-based malware. Very powerful stuff. United States and Israel, I think it's been um, attributed. Like, if it's not, it's like everybody says it is, and I believe it is. So, um, it's either it's either confirmed or it's highly believed. U.S. and Israel um, attacked uh, Iran's nuclear enrichment facility and destroyed Natanz 
uh, using Stuxnet. And Stuxnet broke out and got going. And uh, it was very, very powerful. So you just got to be mindful of these USB worms when you launch them because they can get out. And when they do, yikes. Uh, the final thing I'll say about this is, yes, you can write it as best you can to not spread outside of the target area. But what I do want to tell you is that um, a couple clever ways, we talked earlier about um, malware that had uh, the, what was the malware? Um, yeah, the Luma Stealer malware does anti-analysis doing trigonometry. I want to just tell you, um, there is common ways that threat actors or malware authors will help kind of protect in basic ways. And, and the number one way that I want to share with you, just to kind of let you know how sophisticated this malware can be, because it's not just about detonating the malware action on objective. There's also controls that threat actors put in their malware to control. And the number one way, just to share it with you, is that a lot of Russian-based malware will look at the language the keyboard is in or the operating system is in and if it is in Cyrillic or if it's in a, a Russian-based language, the malware will um, terminate itself. And the idea is that if it infects a you know, you know a, an English-speaking person's computer, the malware is buck wild and it's you know like like tentacles flopping out of the petri dish. And if it's a Russian-based computer based on the language of the system, then it'll terminate itself so it does not infect a Russian computer. That's a basic way to do it, but it does illustrate the point of how threat actors are putting in checks and balances to hopefully make sure that they're targeting uh, their intended victim instead of just going YOLO and hitting everybody. Google shares roadmap for third-party cookies. Oh, by the way, um, BSEC shared this in chat. Let me share this with everybody. If you're interested uh, in learning more about Stuxnet, which by the way, as far as I'm concerned, Stuxnet is a seminal event in the cybersecurity history, cybersecurity industry. Stuxnet is a seminal event. You should know about Stuxnet. You should understand at a high level what happened, how it happened, and um, go from there. I will point out, I, I, say, I haven't said this in a while, but Nicole Pelroth's book, um, This Is How the World Ends, uh, oh my God, this is how the world ends, um, is a phenomenal book, a phenomenal book. If you have read it, you you know I'm what I'm talking about. And if you haven't read it, um, it's it's definitely worth putting on your Christmas list. It is phenomenal. As part of its ongoing- And, and covers Stuxnet. It's the Sandbox Initiative. Google revealed its initial plans to gradually move away from third-party cookies. In early 2024, it will start testing blocking cookies in Chrome for about 1% of users, ramping up blocks throughout Q3. The company will allow users in this time to make temporary exemptions for sites still requiring cookies. Google plans for advertisers to use its Privacy Sandbox APIs for ads going forward. Chrome remains a bit of a laggard with third-party cookies. Safari and Firefox already block them by default. All right, so this sounds like a good thing for privacy. Google's blocking third-party cookies. Uh, we'll see. I actually saw, I have to confirm it, but I saw in my news feeds or whatever that Chrome was going to start preventing um, ad block extension from working and uBlock extension from working or something like that. Um, if that happens, I'm switching to Brave. Um, 
But this particular story is saying that they're going to block third-party cookies in Chrome. Um, that's the deal, guys. People use cookies. People use pixels. People use all sorts of ways to track you. It may not say, it may not say that uh, Luke Canfield went to this website, but it will say that this user, user, you know, unique ID went to these websites and did these things. So it doesn't matter. They don't like, with all due respect, they don't care that it's Luke Canfield's name, Luke Canfield. What they have is a profile and a persona of the user, Luke Canfield's behind the keyboard, but the user and what they go to and what kind of content they consume. So they can sell it to advertisers. Great cash, homie. Get paid. It's all about that data, man. All about that cash money. So they'll sell it and they'll say, hey, this particular user or this group of users typically go to these websites and do these things at these hours so you can target your advertising. Google's basically blocking third-party cookies. Um, here's the deal, okay? Cynical Jerry, here we go. Let me get my tinfoil hat on. Uh, whoops, not AI hat, tinfoil hat. Here is my thing. I don't know what the angle is here, okay? But Google makes an A-load of money selling data, okay? If they're blocking third-party cookies, then they are losing money. And it is it sounds righteous to say, oh, we love our people. We love our customers' privacy. Privacy, privacy, privacy. Everybody, you're the best. But guess what? Privacy and, and blocking third-party cookies? How much do you guys pay to use Chrome? Correct, $0. So Google's not in the business. Google's a for-profit publicly traded company. That's a Fortune 5 company. They make straight cash, homie. They make A-loads of cash. They're not in the business of philanthropy or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this story, while it's good for us, Sniff, like smell it. Something, this has got like three day old fish stink lines coming off of it. I don't know what the angle is. Someone in chat has a theory. Let me know. But like, I don't know what the angle is, but the, I'm telling you, Google doesn't do anything unless it makes them money. So if they're doing this, my suspicion is they're making money somewhere else. Hold on. Jeremy Hudson, is it Hudson? Um, Hold on one second. Let me look at this. Yes, Jeremy Hudson coming in hot. Let's, let's. Let's recognize Jeremy. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Round two of interview, junior security analyst, team interview. Yes. Intercompany department transfer. Yes. Internal. Very nice. If I can land it, just a thanks to the channel for helping me get this far. Bro, Germany, Germ, Jeremy Hudson, straight crushing it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Congratulations. And hey, good luck. Not good luck. I don't say good luck. Best wishes on your Team interview, uh, just a fun fact. Obviously, you'll get at, not, sorry to derail this for a second, but in addition to um, seeing it, what you know technically, Jeremy, this is typically, a team interview is typically a culture fit, right? So they want to see, like, would the people on the team want to have a layover in an airport with you, right? I'm not saying you got to come out there and, like, glad hand people and have some jokes at the ready, but be yourself, Right? Take a breath. You definitely deserve to be there. I wish you the best, my friend. And uh, straight crush it. Look forward to any updates that you can provide us in the future. Top Ukrainian cyber officials dismissed. 
Senior government officials confirmed that it dismissed the head of Ukraine's state service for special communications and information protection and a deputy over an investigation into embezzlement. This comes after Ukraine's National Anti-Corruption Bureau launched an investigation into alleged misconduct with software procurement, with the two suspects reportedly pocketing $1.72 million between 2020 and 2022. The software in the deal was meant to protect the country from cyber threats. All right. So first of all, uh, thanks a lot, Chad. I see people saying that basically blocking the third-party cookies means that Google's going to control all the data. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. Makes total sense. So they're going to make more money. Okay. That. Let me check with the judges. Yes. Judges agree. It's confirmed. Making more money is their MO. Good job. Um, now, check this out. We're talking about... <sighs> this sucks. All right. So, guys, this is not a political show. Uh, in fact, I was almost like for a minute, like, why is this story even in here? But they were cybersecurity officials. All right, guys, anytime in war, there's going to be lots of money flowing in. I do not want to get into. Uh, I'll, I'll answer that question by Zach in a minute. Um, I don't want to get into politics, OK? But there have been multiple instances in okay, so in general, when there is war, there's money flowing all over the place, and there aren't a lot of checks and balances because it's new workflows, new processes for money to come in to purchase guns, to purchase software, to purchase rations, to purchase whatever. The money's got to come in, the money's got to go out. We need it now. We can't go through a bunch of red tape and bloat because the soldiers on the front line need to eat now. We need bullets now. So there's tons and tons of opportunity for fraud, corruption, theft, shrinkage, whatever you want to call it. And at the top, you have more access. At the top, fewer people are going to question you. Hey, good morning, Kathy Chambers. At the top, people aren't going to question you. And this is not the first. If you guys remember, like the equivalent of like the Department of um, the Secretary of the DOD, like the equivalent of that in Ukraine had already been dismissed like six months ago uh, for similar charges. Dude, different countries are sending tons of money to Ukraine for support. And you'd wish that they would use it legitimately. But when given the opportunity where no one is watching you, guys, it's the middle of the night. There's no cars around. You're in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and you pull up to a four-way stop and there's a stop sign. Do you stop? Right? No one's there. There's no police. There's no cars. There's no risk. Maybe you drive through it. Do you know why? Because no one is watching. This is a similar thing, guys. Dude, these top officials, money's coming in. Hey, here's $4 million to buy a software solution. Well, the software solution costs 200 grand. Let's mark it up to 1.2 million and uh, mm, take a little taste for ourselves, right? I'm telling you, when opportunity presents um, like motive and you know all the reasons people commit fraud, and, and I love fraud, like as a case study and as a discipline, I, I, I consume fraud. Um, information. I've got a couple great book recommendations if you like fraud. Uh, I don't like to commit fraud. I just like studying fraud because it's wild. But these two individuals, I bet you anything, these two individuals maybe wouldn't have committed fraud. Um, they weren't really bad people. I'm, I'm speculating here. 
But given the opportunity, given the loads of money, given that their country is like all tore up and stuff, they got a little greedy. They got a little taste and they got their hand caught in the cookie jar and they've been dismissed. Here's my thing. Is there any adjudication? Is there any justice? Dude, they just stole $1.7 million and they've been fired. Guess what? Thanks. You know what I can do when I don't have a job and $1.7 million? I can go to Bali and, and chill on a beach. Um, let me see if they've been arrested. No. Jail. No. Like, I don't, I didn't, I don't know the story. I'm just saying being dismissed is like whatever. I hope they're held accountable, man. The amount of money flowing into the Ukraine, it's ridiculous if they're not held accountable. Yeah, this guy right here, the defense minister, was ousted over corruption charges in September. I said six months ago. It was sooner than that, two months ago. It's gross, dude. It's, it's gross. You know, especially, like, again, this isn't a, a politics show, but, like, in the United States, like, we are having troubles here in the United States with, like, you know, with like homelessness and, and, and public programs and all these other things. And we're just like funneling money over there and people are committing fraud and corruption, embezzling. And it's, it sucks. It's gross. All right, let's keep going. Hey, really quickly, um, really quickly. Kathy Chambers is in chat. What's up, Kathy? How you doing? Kathy Chambers is in chat. She's the current baton holder for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So, Kathy, do me a favor. Tag somebody in chat for them to pick up the baton. Let's keep going. Canadian government hit with data leak. This exposed sensitive information on government employees as a result of two contractors getting breached. These contractors operated relocation services for government employees, including the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and Armed Forces. Lockbit already claimed credit for an attack on one of the contractors, claiming it stole 1.5 terabytes of data and that the contractor refused to pay a ransom. No confirmation from the government. While still assessing the scope of the data breach, the government began proactively rolling out credit monitoring services and reissuing passports to those potentially impacted. Whenever All right. Uh, Canadian government discloses data breach after contractor hacked. All major governments... Um, hire professional services to do a lot of work. In fact, I tell people all the time from a, a breaking into cybersecurity perspective, getting work with a professional services company doing federal government work is a great angle. Um, it's a great angle because uh, I'll do it. Uh, hey, Joseph, Michelle, and Zach Chode, I'll answer these questions during jawjacking. Um, listen, it's a great angle because basically a professional services company, your Deloitte, your Booz Allen, your whatever, they'll get a contract for like $200 an hour for a head. And then they'll hire some junior analyst who charges 60 bucks an hour and they make that 140 profit, right? So if they hire someone senior, the senior person's charging 150, they only make $50 profit. So they're financially incentivized to hire more junior staff and train them up because they can make more straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Okay. But if you get hacked, that sucks. The Canadian government has to take this one on the chin. They're offering free credit monitoring to people, whatever. Lockbit is a tier one threat actor group. Ransomware as a service affiliate model. So they are hacking all sorts of people all over the place. Um, it sucks for Canada. I'm sure there were other people, uh, not just Canadians impacted by this. Reissuing passports sounds like a major pain in the A. So, you know, good luck with that. Uh, what I will tell you is this hack right here, 
The reason CMMC, CMMC, and 800-171 from NIST is a thing, and while the United States is trying to push CMMC, is to prevent these type of things, okay? Contractors that do professional services for uh, the federal government, whether it's Canada, the United States, UK, South Africa, wherever, they have access to all these systems, but they're not required right now to comply with any security standards. So you can have a hot mess express business going and you're exposing the federal government to massive risk. Okay. That's why CMMC is a whole thing. Okay. We're at nine o'clock. Nailed it. Uh, if I may. All right. I want to say thank you to all of you for being here. Hey, if you're part of the 394 people, I want to tell you two quick things before you go. If you can't stay for jaw jacking really quickly, my GRC course is on sale right now until November 30th. If you'd like to get it, uh, if you want to learn GRC from me, um, I did GRC for 20 years. I, I do know what I'm talking about. A lot of people have said nice things about this class. It's 30% off with code SimplyCyber30. Uh, if you do exclamation point GRC, you'll get a link to it. The course is, it's $42. I mean, it's 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 already priced what I would consider very, very fair. Uh, but there's 30% off if you want to get it. If you're not into GRC, that's cool. No, no harm, no foul. Also, guys, we're right on the precipice of... 500 episodes tomorrow, November 22nd, Team Replay. If you can make it, please, Team Live. Guys, I, I hope we can blow out the numbers. We can set a new record. 438 is our current record. I'm truly hoping we can get over 500 tomorrow. I hope you can make it. We have over 40 prizes to give away. My mind is blown by the amount of community support coming out of all the training. I might even reach out to Black Hills Anti-Siphon and ask them to throw in some vouchers just to maybe we can get 50 prizes and do like a, a whole 50, 500. Anyways, come back tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern. It's going to be freaking magical. Believe that. I can't wait for 500 episodes. Thank you all for being here. If you got to go, I understand. Uh, but if you want to hang out, it's, it's Thanksgiving break at the Citadel, so I'm jaw jacking. Today, let's roll. Hold on. <laughs> let's roll. I said let's roll. Okay, hold on. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Jaw Jacking. I'm your host, Jerry Guy, a.k.a. Dr. Gerald Ozier from the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Kathy Chambers is looking for someone to take the baton. Who would like to share? Who would like to share in the Simply Cyber Community Challenge experience? Holler at us in chat. Would love for you to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. By the way, just shout out to Kathy Chambers for her post on LinkedIn. It was absolutely phenomenal. All right, so let's talk really quickly. Um, Zach Chode asked the question, is a panel interview the same as a team interview? Um, <laughs> the answer is, it depends, okay? Think, I would almost, if I could draw it up quickly, I would. Think of a, a panel interview could be a team interview, right? It's like, it's, like a, it's like a Venn diagram with an inclusion. You could have a panel interview with people that are not, going to be on your team, right? So you could have a panel interview with like 
the CEO, the CFO, the CIO, and uh, legal counsel, right? Say you're going, say you're going for a chief information security officer job, right? So you could have that panel, and they're trying to see how who you are and what you do and how it relates to their world and what your philosophies are. But then the team interview, again, to use the CISO as an example, it, it might be the direct reports, like your director of SecOps, your director of GRC, your director of vulnerability management, right? Let's, let's, let's do another example since not everybody's going to be a CISO. Say you're a GRC analyst one and you're going in for a job or, or what was, um, what was Zach's, uh, or somebody, Germany was doing a, uh, a Jeremy, Jeremy, Germ. Oh my God. What is, I got a head injury right now. Jeremy was doing a, uh, level two job. Okay. So let's say level two job. So Jeremy goes in for a level two job. He could have a panel interview where he's meeting with like a network engineer, a Unix engineer, somebody on the Windows team, somebody on the endpoint engineering team, somebody in help desk, and you're meeting with them. And the idea with that one is these are people that you're going to be interacting with in some capacity who have different perspectives and vision on what, you know, are you a good fit? And can you, you know, how do you bring value and everything like that? The team interview could be a panel interview as well, but then you're talking about like the people who are on the GRC team or the people who are in the SOC. Usually the people you'll be working with day in and day out, those meetings and interviews are more focused on cultural fit, right? Like, could I, could I spend two hours in an airport layover with this person? Is this person boastful? Is this person arrogant? Is this person give a crap about being here, right? Those are the kind of questions. Yes. If they ask you like, what's a sim or a fish comes in and what do you do with it? If you're like, I don't know, but I've got great jokes. Like you're not going to get the job, right? Obviously you've got to be able to perform, but those team ones are like that. Hopefully that answers your question. Good morning, Jesse Johnson. What the hell? Sorry, Kennedy. Josh Mason um, already having his first exit. My man. Here we go. We get this one. First of all, Josh Mason, congratulations. Let's do this. <laughs> Secondly, Josh Mason with an exit. Way to go, Josh Mason. So happy for you. Congratulations, Josh Mason. That is a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal update. I'm so Excuse me. I'm so happy for you. Well done, sir. Well done. All right. Hey, Kathy uh, Chambers, our very own Kathy Chambers, community member, has passed the baton to Anthony Carlos Omisor. Anthony Carlos Omisor, look forward to your post. And Anthony, if you can, come back for the 500th episode. We're going to have massive amounts of people up in here, and we would love for you to pass the baton tomorrow. So cool, Josh. So cool. Uh, let's see. Zeta, Zaytel Pa says, first timer, got to run for class. Well, hey, Zeta, I know you ran for class, but here's a retrospective. Uh, Welcome to the party, pal. Love having you. Uh, love having you here. Let me see. Just looking through chat really quickly, mod chat. All right. Oh, guys, we got so many prizes tomorrow. It's insane. I can't wait. Um, I got news for you. We're going to be doing the um, 
try hack me uh try hack me day five of advent of cyber i'm gonna be filming it right after i get off the stream with you guys i got my shirt hey kathy chambers aci learning's giving away one year subs with labs absolutely it's one of i will tell you the aci learning prize is one of the uh, juicier prizes in the uh in the prize pack i almost wish i could do like do you guys remember old school wheel of fortune or there was like a kids game show where like in between rounds you'd win money and then they would just show like this room full of toys and prizes and you could like get whatever you wanted rex cognito with a super chat did we just become best friends yep great jokes won't get me the job well i'm up the creek lol you got this i want to show you guys something Got my Advent of Cyber shirt. I'll be wearing this. Advent of Cyber. I'll be wearing this to film right after I get off the stream with you guys. Super excited. Uh, just to share with everybody, I'm doing day five of Advent of Cyber officially, like the recorded video. But I announced it yesterday and I'll announce it again today. I'm going to be doing a live stream every single... Maybe I announced this. I don't know. I'll be doing a live stream every single day in December for live Advent of Cyber rooms. I'm not going to look at the rooms. Again, I love going raw, okay? So I'm not going to look at the rooms in advance, and I'm going to go live every single day at the same time. I'm thinking noon Eastern time. I'm going to go live, and we're going to do the room, the, the day before's room, okay? So December 1st. We're going to do the preamble rooms, right? So like there's like seven tasks to like introduce you and get you up and running and everything like that. We're going to do those on December 1st. And then on December 2nd, I'm going to do day one of Advent of Cyber. On December 3rd, I'm going to do day two of Advent of Cyber. The idea is that I don't spoil it for anybody. I don't ruin it for anybody. So I want to be one day behind. B-Dubs is getting an Advent of Cyber shirt. Excellent. What is this? Oh my God. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about right here. Look at this dude. The eighties were a wild time, bro. Look at this. Let, um, how do I, what do I computer change screens? Look at this. This is what it used to be like back in the day on wheel of fortune. Like, I mean, this guy's got like porno glasses, but like, dude, you literally used to be able to like go through a, um, you get a jet ski, get a soccer ball. You know what I mean? Like you could, you, like you'd be like, I'll take the jet ski. I'll take the soccer ball. And you would like spend your prize money. I thought it was wicked cool. By the way, shout out to that bike being $420. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the quick meme, um, Kimberly. What else we got, y'all? Let's talk. Hi, Jerry. New to your community and looking forward to when I get to tell you I got my first job in the field. Hey, six spades. I'm also looking forward to when you can tell me that you got your first job in the field. Best wishes to you. You're going to straight crush it. Uh, Ellery Dora. I, I know. I, hold on. Let me, can we get a zoom in here? Why am I all fuzzy? Computer snap on me. Thank you. Ellery said, I thought you were taking a break in December. Uh, I am taking a break Ellery, but like to me, like streaming Advent of cyber is fun. Like it's not like, Taking the break, like I've been busting my hump on classes. I made that cybersecurity threat exposure management class. I've been busting my A on Cyber 101. 
Um, I don't know, Ellery. Maybe you bring up a good point. Maybe I do need to chill out. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, Paris Gatsby's reading Tracers in the Dark. Any recommendations after that? I got one for you. And uh, my favorite um, Thanksgiving food. Uh, my aunt makes this like it sounds gross, but it's good. It's like red Jello, and it's got pecans and and real fruit in it. I like it. All right, so check it out, Paris Gatsby. I got your next book, uh, and I'm assuming you've read. This is how they tell me the world ends by Nicole Pelroth. So this is the next book. Hold on. I am reading this currently. Fancy Bear Goes Fishing. And by the way, I know this pisses off uh, Alana Boyajin, but I do use the book cover. I'm one of these people. I use the book cover as a bookmark. And if that upsets you, I'm sorry. But uh, I'm reading this right now. Uh, it's very similar to Tracers in the Dark and Nicole Pelroth's book in that it, 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 it takes five different like kind of seminal events in cybersecurity's history and explores them at a deep level. Event one was the Morris worm. Event two is Vienna. Um, it's a uh, piece of malware um, that basically spread quite wildly. I haven't read into the future things, but this, this book recommended by our very own Jenny Housley a couple months ago, and I bought it. I like it. I hope you guys enjoy it. If anyone's read this, please drop a comment in chat or in the uh, replay comments, would love your thoughts on it. Um, Jet, the name of the book, this one is called Fancy Bear Goes Fishing by Scott Shapiro. Fancy Bear Goes Fishing by Scott Shapiro. Get it on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Space Tacos wants a link to the book. I got you. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, here, I'll, <laughs> I'll get an affiliate link. Here we go. There we go. This is an affiliate link. All right. What do we got here? James... Is this James O'Quiggan? James O'Quiggan with a 50 spot. Damn. Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right, James McQuiggan. What do we got here? Simply Cyber. Kudos for the continued success of Simply Cyber. Proud to be part of this community. Working my way up to hit $500 super chat in the next 24 hours. Dang. Thank you so much, James McQuiggan. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Guys, if you're not connected with James McQuiggan on LinkedIn, I absolutely strongly encourage it. He was the MC for track two of SCCon. I met James McQuiggan for the first time last year, and I literally feel like I've been friends with the guy for 20 years. Um, such a good person. All right, so I'm reading mod chat here. You're going to be like Christmas chocolate calendar, but instead of getting a piece of chocolate each day, we get to try Hack Me Room. Basically, Alpha Sierra. Um, it's just gonna be, uh, it's just gonna be chill. You know what I mean? Fire up, fire up the the live stream and get going. I might even do it on. You know what? I might even do it on Simply Cyber Cafe just to kind of grow that channel. Uh, I've got eighty five thousand or so, eighty eight thousand subs on the Simply Cyber channel. I was hoping to get to 100,000 by the end of the year. If that doesn't look like it's happening, 
Uh, but that's okay. I, you know, those are vanity metrics. I don't really care. I, it was just a goal I set. Katie Haas. Oh, wait, hold on one second. Christopher Young says, I've had some veterans review my resume and get great feedback, adding labs and projects and GRC labs. Not sure which bullets to add. So Christopher Young, if you take my GRC analyst masterclass, which I believe you're a student in, I actually have resume bullets in the, if you do the lab in the course, there's resume bullets at the end of each module based on what you learned in the lab. So you can just copy and paste them into your resume. I'd recommend you do that. Katie Haas says, switching industries from education to cyber, Luddite to techie, surreal, love your videos. Oh, well, Katie, thank you. Very nice, Katie. I appreciate it. And uh, you, you chose a great industry. Cybersecurity is the best. Valentino says, I'm rocking the shorts in November. I rock the shorts all as often as I can. I got to tell you, it gets warm up in this studio. It's 74 right now in here. You can't really see it, but I've got a little um, digital hydrometer temperature thing. I want to make sure that it doesn't get humid in this room. If it, if it gets mildewy in here and I lose the studio, I will cry. You will see a grown man weep if I lose the studio. Kalechi Asu... Asu Oswagwu says, where do I start? I'm new and trying to break. Which step would you recommend? You know what, Kalichi? I appreciate you asking that question. Um, I'm going to tell you this, guys. I honestly believe this. I I have so many things going on, and I, I try to do so much for the community that I often forget some of the things I do. But thank you. When questions like this come in, I love it. So, Kalichi, check this out, okay? I, I get that question all the time. I literally wrote this book, okay? I wrote this book. It's free. It's a free download, okay? It's a free download, and anyone can download this, okay? You sign up, you get the book. Here is the deal. It is a practical 10-step plan on breaking into cybersecurity. And, you know, it goes into greater detail, but I'll just kind of give you the high level. First of all, get the fundamentals like networking, operating system, all that. Then build a LinkedIn profile, start networking, build your network, do like the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, all that. Then get a taste of different types of cybersecurity, right? GRC is different than SecOps, different than pen testing. And there's different levels of opportunity, right? You're more likely to find a SecOps job, in my, in my opinion, than a uh, pen testing job. But SecOps, you might have to work third shift overnight for a little while in a SOC. Do you want to do that? GRC analysts, maybe you have to move in order to get a job around the DC Beltway area doing federal IT. So you have to make decisions for yourself. You can't just say, I love pen testing. I'm going to be a pen tester. You can do that, but you may have to wait longer. You may have to take a lower salary. You may have to move. Like there's a lot of factors that you need to come and, and have real conversations with yourself about what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do and what makes sense for you. And following that book is going to give you what I think. I literally sat down and said, "What would? how would I answer this question again? Because I get answered the question often. And then I wrote the book. So I could send it to you when people ask the question right now. So win, win, win. All right, here we go. And uh, Kalichi, can you report back, Kalichi? Um, a, am I saying your name correctly? And then B... Um, let me know if the, if the book brings value to you. Okay. 
Zach Choate's coming in. I think I might start working on a book that's informative for newbies, but also fun to read for normies. What do you think? Yeah, Zach, get on it, buddy. That's a great way to deliver value into the network. Great way to build your own personal brand. Great way to identify yourself uh, as someone who can be um, um, supportive and inclusive. A great way to help people, right? I think there's a million good reasons to do that. What I will say is, Zach, if you're going to do it, do it. Everybody's got great ideas. Execution is the hard part. And I'm not I'm not saying, Zach, you're going to fail, okay? Don't get me. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, if you're going to do it, I think it's a cool idea. Make a plan, set goals, execute, okay? That's what I would say. Get on it. And if you do publish it, Zach, let me know, and I will share it far and wide with the community. Uh, Joseph Michelle, Thundercat shirt. Hell yeah. Check this out. Um, it's a brand new shirt from Black Hills. Um, uh, Spearfish General Store. I love Black Hills merch. I do. And here's the shirt. Right? That's what's up. Now, hey, I, I do want to pull the... Um, Hey, uh, Dan Reardon says that him and his youngest are watching the stream. And Pearl says, hey, Pearl. Hi, Pearl. Good to see you. Thanks for joining the stream. Haircut Fish, I know you don't necessarily take requests, but my youngest son last night over dinner said, Dad, you know the guy who does your memes on Thursday? I said, yeah. He goes, will he put my face on Shrek, please? So, <laughs> Dan, I don't know if you take requests, but there's one coming from the... Uh, from the eight-year-old in my life. Um, hey, guys, I did want to solicit the, the community for some feedback really quickly. I was asked by Black Hills, um, hey, would you like to collab on anything that we could put in the store? It could be a shirt. It could be coaster. It could be a poster. It could be literally anything that it goes into um, the store for Black Hills where it's a Simply Cyber Black Hills collaboration. If anyone has any thoughts, I know not to put pressure on Gary Sturgiatis, but he always has great ideas. If anyone has any thoughts, I'd love it. I, I did want to do a GRC expansion for Backdoors and Breaches, but that's a major piece of work. I was thinking about having some retro synthwave vibed thing uh, involved somehow. I do love retro synthwave, as you can see, based on everything about this stream right now and my background. But if anyone has any thoughts, I'd love... Love to get some community vibes. Um, uh, getting that shirt. Yes, Black Hill. Yes. Uh, only people. Hey, so Jesse, uh, I, I can't type it right now, but Jesse, they only do that to people they really care about. Uh, Jess Bishop, 80s themed shirt or poster. Yes, Jess. I love it. I love it. Ooh, a board game. That's fun. LaDonica Reed. Are you thinking like Monopoly or something? Um. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking back through chat right now. Currently considering making content on TikTok. This is six spades. Making TikTok, explaining and breaking down NIST frameworks in an easily digestible way it would help deepen my understanding of the content. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that would be awesome, six spades. Guys, when you make content, it forces you to make sure that you understand it enough. This is the Richard Feynman 
um, methodology of learning. Richard Feynman worked on the Manhattan Project, a really, really personable uh, physicist. Um, if you don't know him, um, he's worth checking out, but he's cool. Yeah, Josh, the backdoors and breaches expansion, I'm into it, but that's a major piece of work that I don't have time for right now. Maybe Q1, Q2. Um, Eric Ream asks, how's backdoor and breaches? It's phenomenal. It's a great way to do tabletop exercises. There's actually a online simulator, but you can also get like a play mat. So it's like Dungeons and Dragons style. If you wanted to do um, in-person tabletop exercises, a little bit funner. All right. Tinfoil hat shirt. Uh, other emotes. That's right. Maybe we could get the spicy emote. Spicy! And then put like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Kennedy. Um, yes, Valentino's right. Richard Feynman was amazing. Oh, here's the site. I'll drop it in chat right now. Um, who asked that question? Adore, Adore, Adore Blaze here. Let me see. That's the link. Here, I'll put it back on screen. Uh, six spades, questions are tattoos. Still a big no-no in the field. I plan on getting some, but want to show it. If I should learn how to cover it up with makeup or no. No, I would say, um, in my opinion, and like, again, chat, this is definitely a community-based question. Um, ooh, John Wayne with the Trivial Pursuit. I like that. Um, six spades. Uh, tattoos are not really frowned upon anymore in the industry. Uh, what I will say is if you are a pen tester, there's a lot more leeway personally. Okay. This is my old man personally um, speaking here. Tattoos from the collar down. So your arms, your legs, your chest, your back. That's okay. Uh, where you start getting into some like, it could impact you, even though nobody's going to out say it out loud. Um, neck tattoo, like where, you know, like neck could be sus and uh, face tattoo. If your face is tattooed, if you have like no regerts tattooed across your forehead, that's going to be highly problematic for you. Uh, cool tattoo on your arm, less likely. Um, I, I, if it were me, if it were me, I would wear, if I had my arms tattooed, I would wear long sleeve shirts during the interviews. Once you get hired, it's fine. Nobody is pushing back on tattoos in 2023. Fun fact, a little extra tidbits Tuesday. I have a lower back tattoo. <laughs> long story behind that. But yes, I actually have multiple tattoos for those who are interested in knowing, but one of them is a lower back tattoo. All right, uh, let's check it out. Um, I do have a video for that. I do have a whole tattoo video. I'm not going to put a link to it in chat, but if you go find my live stream, I never pulled it down. I did an entire video on tattoos in the workplace and is it taboo? And um, and I show my tattoos. A lot of people, that was actually a really fun stream. If you guys remember, we all showed our tattoos. A flaming donkey shirt. Anusha, good call. I like that. A fraud shirt. Very nice. I like that. Thank you, Hemo Glockman. Scotty Scott says a tinfoil hat. Trying to break into the Black Hills for a shirt. I like it. I like it. Pearl just said, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, Pearl. 
I like it. No regrets, tramp stamp, Jerry. Who knew exactly Roman Charleston? In my defense, can I just tell you guys, in my defense, I do have an explanation for this for this lower back tattoo, okay? I got the lower back tattoo. I feel like I'm justifying this to you guys. I got the lower back tattoo in 1997, okay? I was a wrestler in high school, and when you're and I was actually a little buff, okay? And when you're uh, wrestling, you wear a singlet, but when you're not actively, you know, on the mat, you take the singlet and you unwind it and you kind of let it hang down and like your upper body's exposed and you're showing off all your muscle. And when you're 17, you think you're hot crap, right? And because the, um, the singlet would, would, would stop at your back, a lot of us on the team got back tattoos, lower back tattoo, um, cause it sat well now. In 1998, in 1998, 1999, there was a huge movement for women to get lower lower back tribal tattoos. And it basically eclipsed it being cool for wrestlers to get lower back tattoos. But at that point, I already had it, right? So it was really cool when I got it. Had it had been such a... had it been so pervasive as a cultural norm for women to get lower back tattoos, I, I may have not done it, but I have it and it's mine and that's what it is. So that's what's up. I did show my tattoos. It's episode 499. I want everybody to come to episode 500. So I'm not going to show my tats right now. So don't, if anyone's asking, no. Uh, I'm applying for IT help desk for first job. Any recommendations on which GRC bullets to include in resume? Christopher Young asks. Okay. Um, Christopher Young. Um, I Maybe the information security awareness bullets would be good uh, because you will be talking to the business quite a bit. You will be sharing those um, you know, best practices and stuff. That could be good. Exactly. Fallon Watts, the, the whole term tramp stamp is derogatory. I, I don't call it that. I call it lower back tattoo, uh, but people know what it is. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, I'm sorry if Chris Young, I answered it. So the information security awareness is probably the best one. If you want a little bit of extra, the risk assessment one's got some value. Uh Ify Anyi Opara says, how do I get into IT? It's kind of tough these days. It is kind of tough. Like, let's be real for a minute, guys. Right now, inflation is high. Recession is strong. A lot of companies are, despite Josh Mason getting acquired, there's a lot of companies that are constricting budget, um, not making investments. Information security awareness is one area we're seeing budget cuts. Um, if you guys, um, I, here, I track this website layoffs.fyi. Here's a resource for you guys. Layoffs.fyi. This tracks layoffs in the big, in the tech space. Okay. I do this, uh, to help. Oh my God. Casually Joseph. I love that idea. Synthwave style, classic keyboard. Oh, with GRC highlighted. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Do I have a sound effect for that? Oh, so good. Oh, 
I like that idea, Casually Joseph. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and um, anyways, uh, so how do you get into IT? So, I mean, help desk is a great area. Learn net, like, so really quickly to answer Ify Anyi's question, get, get smart at networking, like, like computer networking, how networks work. Get smart at operating systems. Look for system administration jobs or help desk jobs to move into system administration. Uh, oh, 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 uh, mods. Can you get me a link to this, please? If it, if Ianyi Opara, you want to know an amazing freaking resource for it, Kev, um, Kevin Apolinaro, he's known as Kevtech. Kevtech has, Kevtech has amazing content. And I think he put a class together, if I'm not mistaken. If you want to learn it, KevTech is definitely where to go. If anyone's got a link for that, I am not drinking that. Uh, all right, all right, I'll do it. So because Jenny Housley found it, here's a link to the tattoo episode. Here's a link to the tattoo episode, okay? Really quickly. All right, our tattoos taboo for who was ever asking. Um, you can see here, here's John Helmus. He's covered head to toe with tattoos. I leave it as an exercise for you. So um, please check out KevTech. Oh, here it is. Thank you. And uh, if an Anyi, if here's the link for KevTech, go get that. Uh, Rex Cognito says, if you don't need it, skip A+. Did we just become best friends? Yep. I would agree with you. You do not need A+. A+, is not tipping the scales on whether or not to hire you. Um, looking at... Um, Layoffs.fyi. I just want to show you guys really quickly. Um, okay, I'm looking here. Dude, Chewy, Chewy, um, that company that sells dog toys, dog food or whatever, laid off 200 people. Um, some of these at Amazon laid off a bunch of people. It doesn't say how many though. Carta. They laid off some people. I like to look at the ones that are like big cuts. Next door. You guys know next door. It's like your neighbor's social media thing. They laid off 25 people. Uh, OpenSea, the NFT. Here's a big surprise that's shocking nobody. They laid off 50% of people. This dude, this used to be like the hotness back in the day with uh, NFTs. 50%. See you later. That's probably an, an indicator of worse to come. Splunk, Splunk laid off seven percent of people. This is this is on the uh, the back of the acquisition by Cisco, so this is probably redundant staff. Even though they said they weren't going to lay anybody off, I bet you the you know they'll they'll wrap it in a different uh, clothing. But that's what's up. Exabeam, Exabeam is a security vendor. Done. F Secure, seventy people out of here. Okay. Anyways. I, I recommend you guys. I literally, I don't know if you can see it, but I, Oh my God. I don't know if you can see it, but I literally keep it as my hot on my hot bar layoffs. Um, thought FYI. Another thing I keep on my hot bar, by the way, is swipes. This is castle. This is one of the leading companies that does swipe badge readers in the United States. To me, this is an indicator of how healthy return to work is or return to office initiatives. Look at this. Um, 
average across 10 major metropolitan series, uh, so, um, cities is 50%. 50% of the workforce, 50% of the workforce is returned to the office. So if you want to, I don't ever want to return to the office. Okay. Ever. But if you're trying to wonder whether or not return to work, return to the office is a thing, this is where it's at. Chicago leads the way. Chicago Metro, 55%, and it's trending upward. We got a lot of uh, Texas, Houston, Dallas, Austin. Okay. These are two sites that I keep on the regular because I find them very interesting, very fascinating. All right, let's keep going. We're doing a little bit of an extended jaw jacking because it's Thanksgiving break. Why not? Uh, small businesses and locally owned businesses are looking for IT and don't know it. A good point. It's hard, it's hard to get a small business to pay you a decent salary, but it is a good place to get it. Ms. Julian doesn't ever want to return to the office. So happy to be with a company that does remote workforce. Absolutely love it. Ms. Julian, I'm right there with you. Sean Spratt says desktop cybersecurity calendar, a calendar with daily cyber tips, trivia, and important dates in history of cyber would be an informative and useful desk accessory. This is good. Hold on. I got my rocket book here. I'm actually going to take notes if you guys don't mind. I love these ideas. Um, and uh, I I'm going to write them down. I know I missed, I know I missed a bunch. So if anybody has um, thoughts here, desktop calendar. Okay. And then uh, what was the one? It was like a keyboard synthwave and GRC lit up. I like that. Um, trivial pursuit, cyber trivial pursuit. I like that. Although that's a massive amount. Chat GPT would have to help with writing those questions. Cause you need like hundreds of questions. If there were any other cool ideas, mods, or uh, regular chat, um, please let me know, and I'm, I'm going to document them. Um, yeah, Joseph, Michelle, you can absolutely do a sock from remote. Mods, can someone grab me the uh, Stacy Loki, Jess Bishop uh, sock uh, SC live live stream working overnight um, video so I can provide that for Joseph, Michelle. Black Hills flag. So Roman Charleston, are you thinking of Black Hills? Uh, simply cyber flag. I like that. Deck of playing cards, each feature in a unique fact. Oh, I like that. Playing cards, 52 playing cards. And, uh, SC, BHIS. Maybe like the Joker could be John Strand, huh? <laughs> Elon's mandatory return to office. Musk attended the last X all hands remotely. Oh my God. What a clown baby. Although, you know what? He's allowed to, I guess. Do what I say, not what I do. Um, opt me out of the soy, but the gingerbread part sounds good. Casually, Joseph weighs in. Josh said he would help with the G. Yeah, no, Jess Bishop, I appreciate Josh helping with that deck. It's just, that's a major piece of work that um, would need a, a minute. Um, hold on, is this the link right here? Oh, here it is, yes. Thank you, Josh Mason. So uh, Joseph Michelle, Joseph Michelle, um, here is community members and probably look look for them to be uh, featured on the new Monday community member spotlight things. Stacy Loki and Jess Bishop. Now, Stacy and Jess both work in a sock. They both work remotely. Now, I asked them to come on because they work third shift overnight, but 
Um, if you watch this, Joseph, Michelle, you will get value on uh, working in a sock remotely, okay? And they provide all sorts of really good insights and tidbits too. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Jess Bishop. Jess Bishop is in chat right now, by the way. Shout out to Jess Bishop. Oh my gosh, Alpha Sierra. I used to commute in um, DC. Ugh, so nasty. It did not look like this. <laughs> it did not look like what's going on on my screen in the back. Hey, really quick question while we're queuing up more conversation. Do you guys like the lighting? I've got this light bar in the background as kind of a um, effect, but I don't know if you can tell, but I have a light bar right off stream. You can see my hand is red. Like it's casting a red glow on me. Let me know if you guys like it. I mean, I'm just kind of experimenting and playing around with the lighting. All right. Kathy Chambers still in chat. Love me some Kathy Chambers. All right. Looking here. Casually Joseph. Tired. LOL. Been doing plenty of homework. Trying to enjoy Thanksgiving. That's right. You know what? Let's talk about Thanksgiving dishes people don't like. I've always been kind of weirded out by the marshmallow on top of the sweet potatoes. I just, I'm not a marshmallow person. So I think that that's the problem. Thank you. Upgrading Jeff on the lighting. Uh, Luke Canfield's got envy. Okay. Like the purple light bar in the corner yesterday. Thank you. Chris Young. Lighting is fire. Thanks. Marcus Kyler. <laughs> Keith Ferguson lights. Okay. All right. Miami vice background themes. I'm so into retro synthwave. It's out of control. Kathy is awesome. Secure Bites lunchbox, a lunchbox with built-in combo locks. <laughs> Make it so your kids can't get to their peanut butter and jelly. Top 20 most underrated active threats. Okay. I like the playing cards idea. I could see a playing card with like, you know, like the spades are... APTs and the clubs are like seminal stories of, you know, events in cybersecurity and the hearts are like people in the industry and the diamonds, or maybe the diamonds are people. And then the hearts are, um, I don't know, to companies. I don't know. Uh, space tacos doesn't like Mac and cheese. Uh, lighting's great. Thanks divine. Can stuffing. Oh yeah, canned stuffing is is meh. Marcus Kyler thinks the chair should be against the wall with the monitor. So when you do in-person interviews, you can do the monitor. So Marcus Kyler, you're not the first person to say that. Interesting. Hold on. Let's go. There we go. Now what are we thinking? Kind of looks jacked up because of the angle of the camera. Those are flat. Whatever. We'll mess with it later. Uh, 
Ooh, hacker challenge coin, collectible coin featured in symbols or phrases that, okay, so I like that. I actually was talking with um, Kimberly yesterday about doing challenge coins. Um, Network Guardian Garden Gnome. Traditional uh, Garden Gnome twist designed as a garden complete with miniature laptop and headset. Nice. You guys are great. Thank you so much for all these wonderful ideas, people. I'm 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 honestly not that creative. Uh, it's it's something that I struggle with and it sucks, but it does block the door, Peter Lee. <laughs> uh, have a wonderful day. Be well, Jesse Johnson. Oh my God, Rich J, you're putting pineapple on your sweet potatoes? That's interesting. I've never heard of that. Ooh, Nicole with the playlist cassette. Oh my God. Nicole, oh, so good. So good. Um, let's see what else. The chairs need big googly eyes, like <laughs> uh yeah, Josh Mason, let me know uh on the challenge coin. We definitely gotta get that. Looks like you're about to do a podcast with the chair setup. Yeah. So Joseph Michelle, like the whole point of having this is because I want to do live video studio video podcasting. I bought the cameras. I got all the gear. I'm ready to roll. I just got to figure out how to set it up. Chris Young says GRC key tag. Okay. I like that. Dude, you guys are crazy good with these recommendations. I like it. I like it. I like the idea of a N minus one move when... What? Um, what is this? Is there a mascot for the channel? No, we don't have a mascot as of right now, but <laughs> DMs are open. We could do that. Um, I actually, what, what do we got? 239 people. Guys, just so everybody knows, again, like this is one of those things that I, I freaking forget about until we're hanging out talking. Um, I want to remind everybody that on December 13th, I'm doing my quarterly all hands meeting. You guys are all my boss and I owe it to you to provide quarterly transparency updates on what's going on with the community and initiatives and work. I said I would do, how am I doing work that's going to be coming up? So you guys all know. And I was telling Kimberly this yesterday, I have a, what I think is a really cool community announcement. Um, at this meeting. So stay, I mean, obviously I'd like you all to attend, but like stay tuned. Cause I got something that's going to kind of change the way we do things a little bit. Um, some more about that later. I, I don't want to tell you right now. Um, because I want it to be a surprise. I do like olives. I do like olives. I'm the only one who likes it. GRC Rubik's cube. I don't know what that would look like, but I'll write it down. See, steampunk, I, 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 I don't know, Jeff. I'm not a big steampunk guy. I'm a big retro synthwave guy. Yeah, I have a Simply Cyber neon sign that I, I need to hang. It's just the last thing I want to do is hang stuff on the walls in case I move things around. I don't want to be committed to what where I hung them. You know what I mean? <laughs> a plushie. 
Oh, Luke Canfield, Flaming Donkey. That's a good point. Actually, I wonder if we can get um, a Flaming Donkey stuffy. Does anybody anybody have a uh, a line for a stuffy manufacturer? Flaming Donkey t-shirt, we could definitely do that. A Carl. Now, the thing is, Carl is owned by Aqua Teen Hunger Force Adult Swim. So I would say a Carl on a mug would be cool, but at some point we would get screwed from a, um, from a, uh, a copyright trademark perspective. Control a day desk calendar is pretty good. I like that. Oh, Chris Paulika's in here. Hey, Chris, what's up? Good to see you. Happy to make it to Team Live. Just got back from Argentina. Whoa, nice. Great, great. Uh, hey, Chris Paulika. Chris, I don't know if you saw on Monday, Monday's show, um, and I'm specifically talking to Chris right here. Uh, on Monday's show, it's usually Callan's Art of the Week, but we've switched it to Simply Cyber Community Member Spotlight. Um, just want you to know, Chris, um, Kimberly McKnight was our spotlight featured person this week, but um, just want you to know, just saying, just saying, in case you, in case you happen to be spotlighted for all the work you've done for the community uh, with Simply CyberCon and um, uh, during DEF CON and in um, the meetups and stuff like that. Great to, great to have you back. Hopefully you had a good time in Argentina. Rex Cognito, I take it back. Dumpster fire plushie, <laughs> right? Uh, take care. Bye, Jenny Housley. Guys, really quickly, if you caught, um, if you missed the stream yesterday, I played World of Haiku. I played a custom-built range on Forge by Jenny Housley, our very own Jenny Housley, a.k.a. Safety Girl, and that range was phenomenal. Go check out that stream last night. It was awesome. Uh, you could do Carl if you design your own version. That's right. That's a good point. We need a meme of Jerry on the Age of Empires box. Uh, take it easy, Josh. Be good. Tell Simon Lindstedt I said what's up, please. Pocket prep app. Kimberly is awesome, isn't she? She is. Bye. Uh, let's see. Miss the Monopoly game. Oh, I like that. Hey, can I just ask the community, is it a bridge too far if we make uh, Jen Easterly the Queen of Hearts? Is it a bridge too far? I just... Asking for a friend. <laughs> Please let me know. Asking for a friend. What did Valentino say? Uh, how about a buffer Osier Flow t-shirt? Oh, I like that. All right. <laughs> Temp tattoos, that's good. The giveaway tomorrow is Roman Charleston. The giveaway is going to be during the stream. Um, I might do some during jaw jacking, but for me, it's the 500th episode. I can't expect people to stay for jaw jacking in order to just get prizes. To me, it's the 500th episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. So, um, it will be during the stream and we've got massive amounts of giveaways. So it's going to be hot and heavy the whole stream. Uh, Chris says it's the correct bridge. All right. Well, then there it is. Jenny Sterling. I'm, I'm really digging the 52 card deck. I, I really like that. Ooh, ba a battleship theme. I like that. Okay. 
Uh, Marcus Kyler. <laughs> That's right. I might be <laughs> I might be sleeping in the Buffer Osher Flow studio. By the way, fun fact, me and the boys actually did a sleepover in the studio uh, last weekend. It was kind of fun. We watched we watched a, a Lego movie on the big screen back here and uh, camped in here. It was fun. All right. So I see stickers. Adam Frank's got to go. Hey, Adam, we'll see you tomorrow for 500th episode. Yeah, Harish Kumar, we're just kicking it. It's Thanksgiving break. You know? You know what? Hey, I quit my job and I do this full time. So I'm the boss of me now. And uh, I figured, what the hell? It's Thanksgiving break. Let's go. Sorry, Kennedy. Um, can we do an Age of Empires private server for Simply Cyber? Sure. I don't play that, but I mean, we, we could certainly set it up. Oh, by the way, I started a... Um, so really quickly, Jeff, there is a channel on the Simply Cyber Discord server for gaming where you can find other people. So definitely do it there. Rex Cognito. Uh, all right. Um, somebody asked me for a lockpicking channel on Simply Cyber. I've added under the Love Fusion Center category. So if you're into lockpicking and you want to talk to other people, check that out. Yeah, I love jawjacking. Fun fact, if you didn't know, because I know there's a lot of newcomers here. Jawjacking, the name jawjacking, this segment actually came from a troll comment. Somebody in somebody in uh, the comments of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing um, years ago, uh, or maybe last year, I don't know, um, said like, hey, your Daily Threat Briefing would be awesome if you didn't spend so much time jawjacking and wasting our time. Like, I, you know, I, I provided a link to a different uh, cybersecurity news podcast to that individual, and I thanked them for their constructive feedback, um, but it did bother me a little bit. So instead of letting it bother me, I basically appropriated it and made it a segment in the show. So to that person, thank you for enabling jawjacking. A lot of people seem to enjoy it. Uh yeah, John Vitucci, we're just going YOLO. I will I will have to drop at 10 o'clock. I do have I do have some work to do. Um maybe a jaw jack something jaw jacking. Oh, we got a bunch of questions coming in here. Uh is the GRC masterclass accessible at any time or is it teacher led? I asked due to my work schedule. So Ricardo Garcia, the GRC masterclass is a self-paced asynchronous course. Uh, you can take it anytime you want. You could sit down and crush it in a weekend, or you could do it over a couple weeks as I laid out, as I lay out as a suggested schedule in the course. So choose your own adventure, Ricardo. Cyber newbie. And hey, Ricardo, get that 30% off using the code simplycyber30 until November 30th. Hey, I made a few AI flaming donkeys. <laughs> Where could I send them? Jerry wants them for the t-shirt. So cyber newbie, uh, drop them in general chat on the Discord server. Uh, that could be a good place for him. We could, we could, um, we could share that. <laughs> Christopher Young wants a jawjacking shirt. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll add it. Jawjacking shirt. Okay. Uh, so Jide E. Yes, the Simply CyberCon attendance CPE certs was sent out. Check. Thank you, Valentino. Uh, send out, check your spam email, Jide. If here's the deal, if you did not register for Simply CyberCon, we did not have your email, so we could not email you. If you did register, we did email all people that registered. 
and it could have gone to your spam folder. So check there. As a backup plan, what I will tell you is if you go to simplycybercon.org, simplycybercon.org, and you scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see right here, certificate, right? If you click on that link, Jide, there you go. You can just download the cert, okay? There's a certain level of ethics and integrity um, assumed for people submitting CPE. So if you didn't attend, then you shouldn't do this. But if you did attend, you can just download the cert right now and get your six CPEs. Get your CPEs here. Uh, an idea for the poster. If you've ever seen those posters that change when you walk and look at them. Oh my God, that would be a, that would be cool. That would be complicated. 80s background with flaming Docky saying jaw jacking in a speech bubble. Joseph Michelle is having like a massive, um, um, like nexus event of all simply cyber things coming together. <laughs> I love it. Um, 80s background. Yes, exactly. Um, I love these ideas, guys. Thank you so much. You guys are so creative and so smart. I, I really appreciate it. Um, Oh no, Space Tacos is sick. Boo. Boo. Um, hey, so Nicole, I was actually thinking of like a, a phone wallpaper for your iPhone or Android device. But at the same time, I was thinking like most people have pictures of their kids and families and stuff. So catch me outside. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> Ooh, Ahmed Zia says, should I get Let's Defend or Hack the Box Academy sub for Sockpath? That's a good question. I will say that Let's Defend is completely focused on Sock. Hack the Box is uh, kind of a lot of things. I've heard Hack the Box Sockpath is good. I haven't taken it personally, so it's hard for me to say one way or the other. If anyone in chat has a thought around Hack the Box Sock skills versus let's defend. Please share that in chat. Oh, Robert Cooper, thank you so much. Robert Cooper, thank you so much for uh, for showing up tomorrow. I can't wait. I actually need to make like a a spreadsheet with all the prizes so we can keep track of it tomorrow. Can't can't be doing a giveaway and having it turn into a hot mess express on stream. All right, guys. Woo! All right, guys. Hey, so next time you see me, it'll be episode 500 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm excited. If you're here still, you're you're a um you know, you're a Simply Cyber community member and I genuinely appreciate you. Uh guys, I hope you had fun today. I certainly did. It's time to get to work. Thanks to uh, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Guys, if you're in chat right now, like Roman Charleston and who else is not a squad member? Ahmed Zia, Joseph Michelle. If you're in chat right now, guys, look at this. Look at look it on screen right now. If you're in chat right now on the... Um, 
on the chat, there's this like dollar symbol looking thing. If you click on it, right? There's this membership gifting thing, right? This is to buy gifts, but there should be something in here that says like accept gifts or something to do with accepting gifts. Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber has donated 100 squad memberships. So there shouldn't be anybody in chat who doesn't have the squad membership because there's still a bunch to grab off the heap here. So Netta J, Casually, Casually Joseph, dude, you work at Barricade Cyber. Get on that, man. What are you doing? Get on it. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow, Kathy Chambers. All right, guys, I got to go. Um, thank you all so very much for being here. Paris Gatsby. Six months goes quick, my friend. Am I right? All right, guys, be well. I'm Jerry, your chat. We'll see you tomorrow. Be well. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Yeah. <laughs>